0: Talk Money is a production of Lola Media. Say hi, Lola. For updates, further breakdowns, and past episodes of this podcast, sign up at thetalkmoney.com. If you enjoy our podcast, help us get the word out. Write a review on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way to help us reach more ears. And now you can sign up for our newsletter, where we curate the best money topics of the week from across the internet. It's quick, informative, and most importantly, fun. Sign up at thetalkmoney.com slash newsletter. Hey, everyone. Mesh here, and welcome back to our Wednesday short, The Talk Money Weekly, where we talk about current business events that pair with our Sunday newsletter. Today's episode, how to lose $8 billion in 10 days. And while we hope this was the wonderful sequel to the follow-up with Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson, this story is not as romantic and does not have a happy ending. So last week we saw this crazy thing happen on Wall Street where a hedge fund or technically a family office where the fund is really made up by the person's own money, uh, in this case Bill Huang of Arkegos Capital, he had a $10 billion fund or family office and – lost almost all of it because he made a couple of crazy trades, took on a bunch of risk, and everything just went bad at the same time. Bill personally lost $8 billion of his own money. I don't know what that leaves him with, but I've got to imagine he's in a pretty shitty situation. So how does something like this happen, and why do you care about it? Well, you care about it because this just goes to show that you could be some sophisticated billionaire OG when it comes to investing on Wall Street, and you can still make really, really crazy risky moves and lose it all. So, whether you have $100 or you have $10 billion, risks are risks. And if you take too much of it, you're going to screw yourself. And this is an example of someone who just took on way too much risk. How he was able to do so, this is the confusing part. So, what ended up happening was this guy, Bill, he came to the US from China, I believe went to school, started in investing, did really well, got hit with a fine for doing insider trading, got fined from raising public money uh, for five years. And so his new firm, Archegos Capital, was mainly built up of his own net worth. And in order for him to take large positions in stocks, i.e., he was just taking very concentrated bets, picking five to six companies and buying a bunch of shares in them. He didn't want many people to know that he was one of the biggest shareholders, probably for whatever reasons, given that he was caught with insider trading back in the day. So what he did was he goes to the prime brokers, the prime brokers being JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs, and he banks with these folks. And what he ends up doing is that he uses their trading services. So he goes to them and he says, hey, I want to buy a bunch of stock and these companies. A few of them were Chinese companies, and then the other ones were like American media companies, one of them being Viacom CBS, the media company. And he ended up being the biggest shareholder without the CEOs even knowing that he was the biggest shareholder. And he was able to do it without anyone knowing because he spread out amongst all these different banks, Credit Suisse. Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan. And he basically said to them, I want to own stock in these companies, but I don't want many people to know about it. So these banks created essentially this complex instrument. We won't get into it because honestly, I don't even know if I could explain it if I wanted to. But let's just assume they're complex contracts where the banks end up owning the position in the companies. And then through whatever contract they have with Bill and Arcagos Capital, if the stocks go up, he gets paid well. Now, here's the other big part of it. He levered his position 5x, which basically means he borrowed five times what he had from the banks to juice up his returns. And so this is like... Super risky. If you borrow from the bank, let's say $100, and they charge you 2% a year, and you think you can make 10%, you can make that 8% spread, right? Because you owe the bank 2%, and then you're going to make more than that. And you don't have to use your own money. You're using borrowed money. So you're just juicing up your returns. And so Bill took on a ton of risk, and he said, fuck it. I'm going to borrow five times that. I'm going to go super heavy into these companies. What could possibly go wrong? Well, a lot of things went wrong. What happened was the stocks he owned in China started turning. And because he had such a big position, and not only that, he had such a big borrowed position. So just like you can juice up your returns on the way up, when it turns, so it's, you start making a loss, your losses also are exponentially greater. And it hurts really bad. And so what happens is – He's now looking at his stocks in China are suffering and he's like, oh shit, I'm losing money here. And what was happening was that Viacom CBS was in the middle of a fundraise and they thought that he was going to be a big portion of that fundraise. Meanwhile, he's figuring out how to cut his losses on the China deal, and he misses the ability to invest in the American company, CBS Viacom. And because he didn't invest, they were short the fundraise they needed, and then those stocks started tumbling down. And so it just had this like capitulation and domino effect where like all the companies he has start going down. And because he has a bunch of borrowed money The banks are now like, yo, dude, you need to make sure that you're okay here. Like, we can't lose this money that we lent to you. So what they do is that they do a margin call. And a margin call is when a bank says, hey, you need to put up more money to de-risk this position. You can't just borrow money from us. If the investment starts tanking, the bank can't be on the hook for it. So they go to Bill and they say, Bill, put up more money. Bill can't put up more money because Bill's putting all these fires out. And so what they do is – They have two options. They sit there and they lose a shit ton of money or they sell the position. They force him to sell so he has no say in it. They just sell it. And if they sell it, that means that you can't wait for it to go back up. You can't figure out what you want to do. They basically just make you take a loss. And when you're five times levered and you've borrowed a ton of money and you've got like Goldman Sachs who's like breathing down your neck – They don't give a shit. They're going to sell their position. And so Goldman is one of the smarter people here when they saw – I mean smarter in the sense that they saw this thing going bad and they cut their losses immediately. Meanwhile, other banks like Credit Suisse took too long and were sitting ducks, and they lost like several billion dollars. And as a result, Bill Huang lost $8 billion. And I don't know what his net worth is, but let's just assume that that's most of it. So that's what happens. What happens when you take on too much risk? You think nothing's going to go wrong. You spread your bets. No one knows what you're doing. You spread your bets amongst multiple banks. The banks don't even know what's happening. And then everything goes wrong. Boom, 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 boom. And it has this large effect on the market. Like, Wall Street's still making complex things that potentially have a long-term effect in a negative way if things go wrong. So how many more hedge funds are out there that have these crazy positions given that stocks have only gone up, 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 and everyone thinks that they're going to win? So there's that. And then there's two. It's just like this has a larger effect on things, right? So like Not only did Archegos lose money, but all those stocks he owned lose money. They started tumbling. Then Wall Street's selling those positions because they're trying to save their ass, which makes the stocks go down even more. And then Wall Street starts losing money. The rumors are that Wall Street lost a total of $10 billion. So – Uh, That sucks. And so the stocks, even like the the bank stocks, so like Morgan Stanley, J.P. Morgan, they sold off. And so it it just makes you kind of think about risk. Risk is just something that you have to be really, really conscious of. Anytime you make an investment, you cannot just think that things are going to go up. You have to prepare for the worst. And so it's one of those things where like, well, why do we care about Wall Street hedge funds? Because you can borrow margin on platforms like Robinhood. They make it very easy for you to actually trade certain instruments like options and stuff, which are kind of complicated. You don't have to have any education for it. You can get approved in 30 seconds, and then you have a bunch of folks that are like, you know, getting their gambling fixes in by buying stocks, buying options. They think everything's going up. They think they're great and they very well might be, but they're borrowing on that position. And so now you have millions of people with access to this and you have no education around it. And you can see someone like Bill Huang, who seems like a pretty educated guy, you don't make several billion dollars because you're not smart and you're not good at investing, but look what happened to him. And so I just think that we need to be really, really careful about how we take on risk and how we explain this to people and should there be education. I'm not saying that you should tell people what to do. You know, I mean, for all, at this point, uh, you can go get fucking lottery tickets and you can go to Wall Street and blow all your money. So why should someone be able to buy on margin and stuff like that? I just think when it potentially has an impact on the overall system that affects everyone's retirement funds or whatever it may be, that's where we should start caring about this stuff. Um, and that's where you know it's interesting that like a Robinhood and these platforms do make it easy. They very much gamified this. Whether they say they put, uh, no, we tell people that they shouldn't do this or we explain how to do it. No, like they wanna make it really, really easy for you to buy, sell, take on debt, whatever it is. Let's just be honest. Like Robinhood is not trying to save anyone. Yes, they're giving you access, but they're also making it very addictive as well. And I'm not saying that's a good thing or bad thing. I'm just saying that people need to be a bit more educated on the subject. Thanks for listening to the Talk Money Weekly. Subscribe to the Talk Money newsletter to get more in the week's news every Sunday. You can sign up at thetalkmoney.com slash newsletter and catch us here next Wednesday. Until next time.